0: Hello, and welcome to the Here for Healing podcast with me, your host, Carly Brown. This is a podcast dedicated to the healing journey, using alternative, holistic, and integrative methods to heal from the inside out. I chat with practitioners, patients, and individuals who are blazing their own path to radiant, vibrant health and wellness. I can't thank you enough for being here. Let's get into this week's episode.
1: Okay, so today on the podcast, I have Andrew from Gemba Red, and Andrew is here on the podcast today to chat about red light therapy with us, which has really been part of my healing protocol, part of what I did at Hope for Cancer, I do it at home, It, you know, I do it really for inflammation and for cellular rejuvenation, but I've received so many questions kind of about what red light is, difference between near and far infrared light, which ones to choose. So we have our, our expert in the house today. So Andrew, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi, Carly. Thanks for having me.
1: Sure, sure. So why don't we just get started like at, at the very base, the most basic level, which is like what is red light therapy? I, I know that it can also be called photobiomodulation. So you might see like PBM therapy around, but that is the same as red light therapy. And like what 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 is that?
2: <laughs> yeah, and you hit it. So red light therapy can be a very broad classification of using light, you know, using specifically red light. And we also include near infrared light. Um, it's a very broad classification. Uh, you, can use, you can use lasers, you can use LEDs, you can use um, certain types of bulbs with, with certain wavelength ranges on them. And so that's really the goal is, is red is typically a wavelength range. You know, if you look at the spectrum of uh, the sun or the rainbow, um, you can follow through. That's usually 600 nanometers up to 700 nanometers. That's the, that's the red range. And then beyond that, it is mostly invisible to the human eye. That's where we get into near infrared. So uh, above 700. And usually with red light therapy, we're usually in the 800s, 800. like 850 or 830. Um, so red light therapy is, is using this red light and often near infrared for a therapeutic purpose, obviously. And the reason why, and the reason why it's been studied so much uh, recently in, in a lot of the clinical literature is that uh, one is it has very good uh, optical penetration through the skin um, so where other wavelengths of light like blue or green or uv uh, it's mostly superficial it doesn't go very far in, um, past the skin um, but with red light it can actually penetrate and it can penetrate deeper and that'll give us energy into our cells um, so that's the first great thing about red light therapy the other thing is Um, it kind of intrinsically, our bodies are built to take this energy and improve our mitochondrial function. And, um, you know, you probably know through your journeys of, Mm -hmm. you know, the the name of the game is usually improving our mitochondrial function, improving that ATP and energy production. And, you know, it works works on several different mechanisms that our mitochondria has this uh, CCO, cytochrome C-oxidase that absorbs the red light and near infrared light. And that helps uh, give it the energy it needs to be more efficient and provide ATP. And the other big mechanism is easy water production, the structured water um, that it makes it in our cells and it helps clear out uh, you know, oxidation. It helps clear out reactive oxygen species. And again, it helps make our mitochondria more efficient. Well, you're um, saying
1: that red the red light spectrum structure structures the water in our cells, like kind of like how I drink structured water.
2: That's right. So, the, you know, if, if you've read Gerald Pollock's work, or if you've talked about it with uh, with with your audiences, um, Gerald Pollock has has studied that you know this this phenomenon of making structured water that the molecules of water will arrange itself a certain way, and there's two main criteria to produce it: is that you need light and a lot of times you want longer wavelength light but we can talk about that later you need light and you need a hydrophilic surface and that's what our body contains a lot of hydrophilic surfaces it's got um, interstitial surfaces you know in, in between our mitochondrial layers and that gets clogged up with ROS and so the structured water helps clear that out and be more efficient so you're creating structured water just by aiming it in your body and your body Kind of builds this kind of battery of structured water um, to store this charge and it, it allows your body to be more efficient. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, so red light would be a healing spectrum. Let's compare that to blue light. So, blue light would be coming off of our computers. You know, many people wear blue light blockers, you know, the yeah. glasses in order to block the blue light. Talk about that, like the blue light versus red light.
2: Yeah. And, and blue that- light is. <laughs> Yeah. So blue light is, is, you know, a shorter wavelength. So it's a higher energy wavelength. It's a higher frequency, um, literally on, on the electromagnetic spe- spectrum. And that, you know, blue is right next to UV and we know UV, uh, causes damage to our eyes and, and can, you know, break down our skin. Blue is right next to it. And it has a lot of those similar pro- similar properties that it can bre- break down, um, you know, your, your eyesight and your, your skin, um, so too much, you know, we're, we're basically living in a world that has too much blue light, our screens, our LED light bulbs, um, TVs and, and everything. Um, and we're getting the blue light at the wrong time of day, where if you wake up first thing in the morning or you're using your screens late at night, um, that blue light tells you it's daytime and it, it shuts off your melatonin production, it, it harms your sleep. So it's, it's kind of a double whammy. Um, blue light affects your, your sleep and your circadian rhythm. And it also um, can intrinsically harm you with a photochemical breakdown in your eyes. Um, but, you know, we do need blue light. Blue light's contained in sunlight and we, it kind of helps wake us up. So the appropriate ma- amount of blue light in the right context is, is very beneficial. Um, it's just that our current existence, uh, you know, a lot of the lights aren't very good for us.
1: Right, or we're on our computers all day long or staring at a screen at two in the morning, and then we feel wired and tired and, you know, many factors, but the blue light coming off of the screen can be a contributing factor to that. Yeah,
2: and that's that's, uh, where you, you can contrast with red light is has much of a less impact on our melatonin production, and it can be very beneficial for our eyes um so that's why we wear the blue blockers or we might use more red light bulbs at night or we use those screen filters on our on our screens like f.lux or now a lot of phones have the night shift mode built right. into them. And so that's super helpful. I keep my night shift mode on my phone all the time just 24/7.
1: Right, right. And I actually have um a red light lamp. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but Uh, At night, I turn it on and I keep the lights in my room low and I turn the red light on as like a signal to my body and to my nervous system that it's time to start quieting down. So... Ideally, this doesn't always happen. But ideally, like my phone, my screens, everything goes away at least an hour before I go to bed. I mean, I'm definitely uh, guilty of checking my phone right before bed. My husband's always telling me to get off. it, But the intention is an hour before. So I let the nervous system start shutting down. My room is dark, I turn the red light on. And it's a signal to my body that it's time to start quieting down. It's time to go into like restorative mode, let's say.
2: Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, that's a dual purpose of red light therapy, as well as is your circadian benefits, as well as the intrinsic benefits to your cells and your mitochondria.
1: Right. So you mentioned kind of near infrared light. And I think this is a very big question. It's something that I get all the time because, you know, you have different infrared saunas. There's near infrared saunas, far infrared saunas, combination of each, you know, whether you're looking to buy a red light panel or whatever it is. The question is, do I get near, far, a combination yeah. of both? Can you break it down for us? What is the difference between near-infrared and far-infrared light, and which one do you want?
2: Great, yeah, that's a great question. And uh, you know, I've been a fan of all different types of light therapies in, in the loosest terms, but when we talk about near-infrared, far-infrared, these are invisible to the human eye. We can't see that far into the spectrum. Um, so a lot of times you can look at the LEDs and even my devices, the The near infrared LEDs don't look like they're doing anything. They don't look like they're emitting anything. It's invisible to the human eye, so sometimes people think they're not even working. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a common thing. So near infrared is closest to red. It's you know near, and you know that's roughly defined. Uh, let's say seven hundred nanometers up to fourteen hundred nanometers in in the wavelength. So these these are the shortest wavelengths of near infrared. Um, what the important thing about near-infrared, especially if you're below a thousand nanometers, um, so let's say most LED panels use 850 nanometers, um, they have less of a heating aspect to them. So they have great penetration into the skin. If you look at the optics of the, the human skin, like I mentioned, they have great penetration and still not as much heating. Um, so that'll be be important. So you, especially with photobiomodulation, you mentioned the definition is to be more specific and not be a thermal type of therapy, not, not to be heating. So like I said, with led devices, you're not necessarily trying to heat the body. You're getting photochemical penetration. Yeah. Penetration and benefits without heat. Okay. Then as, as you move into, you know, mid infrared and then into far infrared, let's say you're um, what's, commonly called a near-infrared heat lamp or, uh, you know, a a near-infrared therapy bulb, the incandescent that's usually 250-watt heat lamps that are kind of have the red coating on them. Those are emitting kind of a broader spectrum because they are incandescent lights, So they're heating up a filament and then it's emitting a broad spectrum, almost like the sun. And that, you know, has a combination of being a higher intensity and a lot of heat and you've got some of those longer wavelengths that, that, that are more heating to them. And so, you know, that's, that's, you know, there's pros and cons to that. You get more heat and heat is great to warm up your skin, to open up your pores and sweat and, and encourage detox.
1: And like um, skin renewal, like skin rejuvenation, like kind of the, for skin health, let's say, like a bit more surface level, would you say?
2: You uh yeah, I'd say it's more surface because it's being absorbed more into the water um in your skin. So your your water molecules are gonna absorb that right away. And so you're you're gonna feel the heat on your skin because it's it's being absorbed more superficially by the water, but it also helps structure that water uh, a little bit more efficiently. Um and then you get into far infrared, like a far infrared sauna that's not emitting any visible light, it's just got those kind of black panels on them, and that's gonna be even more just focused on the heating aspects and and the detox and the, the, the sweating, sweating and yeah. and you know there's all all these downstream effects of lowered in and and this is universal to all three types of uh, near infrared far infrared um, is that you know you could get reduced inflammation you could get some pain relief from from any of these wavelengths you can get um, some some circulation benefits um, muscle recovery so helps get things kind of moving, gets the lymph moving. Um, And so that's universal. So that's why there is a lot of confusion because there's a lot of overlap of the benefits that that come out of this. Yeah, so, but, but you're kind of using different wavelengths and slightly different mechanisms to kind of achieve a similar outcome.
1: So really would the question be like, why are you using the red light first, you know, like, or would you say across the board, you want to lean more one towards the other near or far?
2: I think um, sometimes it comes to preference where, where you kind of uh, are, are researching and you say, oh, I, you know, let's say, like you said, you want really just specifically skin benefits. Um, then I would I would go for more of the red and the near infrared um, because it's just more acting directly on the mitochondria. It's a little bit more direct that way. Far infrared, you know, again, if you're detoxing and you're, you're getting your circulation going, you get that skin benefit as well. So you know, I've had one one customer that said he doesn't like the heat. He uses it it on his back for pain relief, but he can't heat up his back because it kind of stimulates the nerves the wrong way, and and he doesn't he gets some pain from using heat. So sometimes it's a lot more comfortable and quicker to turn on an LED panel and use it right away, whereas far infrared sometimes you got to wait for it to heat up and and kind of get those benefits. Uh, and then shower off the sweat or whatever, so there's there's kind of all these subtle nuances to are you going to use you know one one type of device versus another? Um, I'd say more for detox, you go for the far infrared or even you you create a a sauna out of the, those heat lamps that's that's very popular, and so you know that's where you go for the detox and for a lot of the full body sweating kind of stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. So I have a portable sauna, but it's actually near, near infrared light. So it doesn't look red. Um, The heat actually comes from not from the red light, it comes from the, I don't know, whatever the heating device in the sauna is. But it was recommended by Hope for Cancer because um, I think that the near kind of penetrates deeper. And so they wanted it more for like cellular rejuvenation and health. And then the heat actually came from the, the sauna mechanisms So yep. I don't know, like as I'm listening to you, in my opinion, and then I have actually a red light lamp, which is hot. And I actually right. do targeted therapy directly over my thyroid. So in my case, I actually am using a near infrared in the sauna, but I know yep. there's other types of saunas that have both. They have both near and far. And then I have this lamp um, that is far infrared.
2: And is that right? You have... It's it's more like the bulb. The bulb. You yeah. have more of the bulb. Yeah, the bulb with the red coating. That's an incandescent, more of a what what we would call a near infrared heat lamp. Okay. Um, but you you know visibly you can see it's red. So you're getting some red. You're getting definitely some near infrared, and then maybe some of the the mi- mid infrared. Um, so like you said, it helps. You the near infrared, especially you know they say around eight hundred ten nanometers. That's the deepest penetration. So you're getting that deeper penetration and you're also getting kind of a broader spectrum with some of those lamp styles and some of the the heater style.
1: Yeah, so it's not, I don't think we can make a blanket statement like near is better, far is better. There's a right. there's a rhyme and a reason and a time and a place to use both of them at different reason, at different times or to use both of them in conjunction. You know, so when I look for my red light devices or saunas or anything like that, I'm always looking for red lights that are low in EMFs because I know that there are some panels that actually test high in EMFs. And I wanted to be really mindful that I wasn't putting a red light panel very, very close to my thyroid and my neck that I'm using for cellular rejuvenation and then targeting myself with, you know, electromagnetic radiation. So, talk to me a little bit about you know, EMFs and red light. How do we know? Is it more just like, for me, I just asked the company, like, do you have any research that shows your level of EMFs? Um, And why are some, why are some people making red lights at all with high EMFs and other people are prioritizing low?
2: Right? No, no, that's a, you know, I think that's a huge point. And I think that's, that's where I started my company is being more transparent about EMFs and measuring that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a quick overview. EMFs are these electromagnetic frequencies um, that you know a lot of times you talk about EMFs with Wi-Fi and cell phones and Bluetooth and 5G electric that's cars. the yeah the electric cars. But um, with with the communication devices, that's the radio frequencies. So those those are kind of like closer to the microwave frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, with red and near-infrared light panels especially in some and all the saunas and and all of them is we're talking a little bit more about um what's called uh extremely low frequency emfs that's coming from kind of your ac from your wall so anything you plug into a wall any appliance lights um that's going to transmit that kind of 60 hertz frequency mm-hmm. uh kind of kind of through that electrical circuit you know to your appliance or to your light Um, And that generates either a magnetic field or electric field or both. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I've gone through, I'm an engineer, um, so I find this stuff interesting. So I've gone through, you know, the first thing to do is make sure your device is grounded. So it's got that third prong and it's using that third prong properly into the device and grounding a device really helps eliminate the electric field component. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for magnetic field, um, that's and kind I of
1: a, say something about the grounding. That's yep. kind of like why I have a cell phone case on my cell phone, or I use a radiation shield underneath my laptop when I'm on it. Those are those grounding elements. So you're saying that that can be built into, to the red light devices, like maybe what Gamba Red is doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yep. That's what Gamba Red does. Does, does. You know, a, a lot of companies do do it. Um, and it's really standard practice, not even just for EMF safety. It's also just... Uh, kind of a device safety as well is is you want to ground things. So that way, if there's a power surge or electricity, it goes to ground instead of, you know, causing issues in your house. Um, So it's it's kind of a standard practice, but you do want to check because a lot of um, cheaper lamps will just do two prongs and you can tell right away, it'll be high EMF. Um, But like you said, you can get those grounding pads or earthing pads and plug it into that third prong, and you get that grounding benefit to your body. And you're talking and, and about
1: the prongs that actually go into the outlet where you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. prongs versus three.
2: Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You got your outlet. There's mm-hmm. positive, negative ground and yep. the ground's the big, the big round one on the bottom. Okay. And, and so, you know, so yeah. So if you use that ground prong with your earthing devices and everything, you get grounding benefits. Um, you know, that's, that's, again, it's all about frequencies and, and being in harmony with, Uh, life is that we don't want artificial EMFs, we want natural EMFs like grounding and like sunlight. Um, So anyway, so magnetic fields a lot of times come from the power drivers that are in the LEDs. That's why a lot of times LEDs get a bad reputation that allowed the earlier LEDs and the fluorescent bulbs. They've got these power drivers and they're emitting a lot of um, nasty frequencies. Um, but there's a lot, lot of regulations nowadays that force you to be low EMF anyway. And also, you know, I do extra testing to be even lower with my products. And also, you know, any, any kind of extra features like fans. So I try to eliminate the fans because the fans are just intrinsically um, making a, a magnetic field. And so, you know, if you're shopping around, you need to call, yeah, like you said, email the company. Look, look on their company for for any disclosures about EMFs, and really look for, are they measuring it transparently? I do a lot of um, YouTube videos where I show the measurements with professional grade EMF meters, and and really try to show, be as transparent as possible. Because any company can say, oh, we're low EMF, and that doesn't really mean anything. There's no definition for what low EMF means. So anyone can claim that. So again, you got to look for testing, maybe from a third party. If, if they send their lights out to um, some reviewers, they can test it and be transmit uh, transparent with that. But so it's, it's yeah, it's kind of a, a minefield of, do you test it yourself? Do you buy a Cornet or a Trifield meter? Those are EMF meters that are, are pretty, you know, relatively cheap.
1: Where do and you get something like that, or where do you recommend finding one?
2: Uh, I use a website. I think it's called Safe Living. Um, yeah, you know, I have one. For
1: Safe Living, actually. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's where all my meters came from. I think it's a company in um, Canada, Safe Living Technologies. Okay, so um,
1: get an EMF reader and that's kind of, those are just helpful to go like, I remember when I was little. Oh my gosh, my mom is like kind of been ahead of her time. But when we were yeah. little, she used to go around the house with an EMF reader and not really? go beds in positions in the bedroom where there would be high EMFs. And I'm like, yeah you know, a young girl, I'm like, I want my bed over here. She's like, no, no, we can't put the bed there. That's the highest EMF spot in the room. So this is good for, I mean, when you're putting your desk somewhere and you're like, where are you most of the day? You don't want your bed in the highest EMF space. So you can go all around, you know, your house. I have a friend who she brings her EMF reader to hotel rooms. And so if she goes into a hotel room and it just spikes off the chart, she asks for an. Room, so there's so many applications to an investment in you know an EMF reader, and they're usually not very expensive either.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and like you said, you can really investigate your own house and and when you travel and and use it that way. And you know, obviously, I give that as an added value that I measure it transparently and I show you the numbers. Um, and you know, the reason why you want to avoid EMF um, is that it's 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 quite literally a stress on the body. There's um, some underlying mechanisms of, about um, it dysregulates your voltage-gated gate, calcium ion channels, uh, basically calcifying your cells, you know, causing all, all this kind of havoc in your cells and in your mitochondria. Um, and the downstream effects is that EMFs have been correlated with, you know, most chronic diseases of modern life, whether it's cancer, whether it's uh, Alzheimer's, there's all these correlations. That, you know, it's very hard to prove you know this one thing can can cause a chronic disease but it's it's been studied all over I just did a big blog about it with tons of pubMed sources um, and then some people have EHS which is electromagnetic hypersensitivity where you can have an acute response when you're in a high EMF area and you know your blood sugar could go up your heart rate could go up um, you can you know kind of have an anxiety response or or, you know, kind of be, be very uncomfortable. Your tinnitus can, can start acting up like mine does. Um, so, you know, you, you can have all these problems. And then obviously you need to mitigate it even more because you have an acute kind of symptom because of uh, EMS.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really something to be to be mindful of. And I I wear something on my wrist to protect against EMFs, on my phone, on my computer, on my devices, on my router, on my Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: just why not? Why not add that extra level of protection? So, okay, I want to get into Gemba Red in a minute and about how your your red light products are different. You're definitely doing the lower EMFs. You're testing it. You're an engineer. You came at this from a very scientific mindset. But quickly, before we do that, I just want to note... On the usages and applications of red light, and we kind of yeah. did already. I mean, we spoke about cellular rejuvenation, pain management as an anti-inflammatory. Um, what like what else have we? What other reasons would someone say I'm going to go out and buy a red light panel and use it every day? What are they looking for?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's really amazing. If you go onto PubMed or or anywhere, um, you can search for red light therapy. LLLT, low-level laser therapy, is where it got started in the '60s with with lasers, with near-infrared lasers, um, and then it moved into LEDs a lot because they're cheaper and they're more safe. Um, and because it acts on your mitochondria and it can p- penetrate into your body and into your skin, it's been studied for almost any kind of condition you can think of. Whether it's uh, there's a lot of brain benefits, like. Uh, they studied it for Parkinson's, for Alzheimer's, for, um, you know, neuroprotection, for improving your brain status. Um, it's been studied a lot for skin care. Um, there's, there's been a lot of commercial products on the market for skincare care for a while um, for, you know, improving fine fine lines and wrinkles. I think some companies have even gotten FDA approval for that. Yeah. Um so, you know, skincare, anti-aging is, is huge. That's a huge, huge market. If, if you look it up, there's a lot of those face masks that people wear from, uh, you know, various companies, Dermalux. And um, so, you you know, wear those face masks so it's convenient. Um, people do intranasal LED light therapy. So that helps kind of a systemic benefit into your, your blood vessels and your nose and also, kind of points up at your brain, so you get get it kind of into your brain as well. Um, so that's a very popular mode of delivery. Um, like you said, you can use it use it for your thyroid um, with with proper guidance to help kind of improve your thyroid function. Um, you know, a, a lot of the NASA studies where, where this kind of first got some mainstream traction was in wound healing. Mm. Um, so so that's a that's a huge one, and they even find it with. Uh, wounds that are hard to heal or wounds that persist for a long time like diabetic wounds and things like that then they start to use the laser or, or red light therapy and it starts to heal and it's it's amazing um so you know and like we mentioned the pain the pain can really be a big factor um let's see there's probably some things i'm missing but um
1: and there's then many, many applications. Yeah, there's so many
2: different applications. Athletic recovery is, is has been a huge one, obviously, with, you know, CrossFit or, um, you know, all the athletic recovery, everyone's trying to get an edge. Um, so that's, you know, that's been a huge for, for recovery, feeling less sore after workouts, they're studying when, sh- when should you use it? When should you not? Um, and then kind of like what I've implied, there's so many different ways you can design re- LED products and, and different products. You can make wraps that kind of wrap right on your skin. You can do panels that do kind of bigger parts of your skin. You can do handheld wands or lasers for targeted applications. Yeah. Um, people are putting them up their nose, they're putting them in their mouth, they're putting them other places. So uh, there's there's all these different applications that it's, you know, it's a, a very exciting time for the industry um, yeah. to see, see all this evolution.
1: Right, right. And more people are learning about it. And we've got podcasts like this that are sharing more information. So, so, okay. You know, we're interested. This sounds awesome. How do you choose, how do you choose, you know, from different lights uh, red light therapies on the market? Um, And then, you know, how do you choose and then kind of lead us into Gemba Red and what makes you guys different kind of why you started the company, because there's, there's an option right there for (laughs) y'all.
2: For sure. Um, So, when you're choosing red lights, you're looking at, like we've talked a lot about wavelengths. So you want the right kind of wavelength ranges. Um, sometimes, you know, a lot of times you'll see 660 nanometer. That's a red, that's a deep red. Uh, that's super popular. You'll see it in most commercial panels. Uh, I, like, I like 630 or in that range. Sometimes the laser will be like 633 uh, depending, you know, because you're using diodes that can produce kind of a narrow wavelength range. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, so 630 is a good one that's kind of more superficial for skin. Uh, and then, like I said, you get into the near-infrared, like 810 is used a lot for transcranial because it penetrates the best. Um, 830 has great penetration and has um, kind of great great benefits as well. It's been studied a lot. Uh, 850 nanometers, that's, that's super common as well. So you'll see a lot of panels with 660 and 850. Okay. Um, so you get half red and half near infrared. That's kind of the standard one you see on the market. Then from wavelengths, you also need to know the power that's being emitted by the light. So this is where, you know, there's a lot of confusion on the market. Um, You know, one of the main things that's used in studies and a lot of companies talk about is called intensity. And so that's the power per square centimeter, the the milliwatts per square centimeter. Um, So that's a measurement of the optical power that's being delivered. So say you've got, um, I've I've heard some people say, Oh, I want to turn my screen on my computer red. Do I get red light therapy from that? And you don't because it's not enough power, you can turn your screen red, and it might be the right wavelength, maybe it's about 630. But it's not enough power. So you need a device that's giving you that enough power. And again, you can read the studies. There's a huge range. We don't know what's the perfect amount of power and that might change depending what you're trying to treat. Um, So sometimes the range can be from five milliwatts per centimeter squared to 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared or hundreds sometimes with uh, lasers that are really concentrated power. Um, But usually with LEDs we're between, I'd say practically speaking, five to 50 milliwatts per centimeter squared. Um, So you're looking for that. And again, you know, with the transparency, you, you need to be kind of measuring it properly. Third part, you know, I've, I've started this my company with third-party testing straight out of the bat where I eventually found out a lot of companies were using these cheap solar power meters that falsely inflates their intensity yeah. advertising. And it's, it's just madness because it's still going on. Um, so you've got intensity. And then, you know, I would also look for low flicker. We've talked about EMFs. as kind of one of the side kind of things to worry about, but also you want to be low flicker. And especially historically, LEDs have gotten a bad rap for being high flicker. So, uh, you know, you can find some old blogs that say throw out all your LEDs, go back to incandescent. Um, But really now there's more regulations on LEDs to be lower flicker um, there's more awareness about Flickr. Um, so all my products, again, I, I third-party test to be, you know, about 1% Flickr, which is awesome, which is really low. Uh, it's lower than even incandescent What does Flickr balls.
1: do? What does that mean?
2: So Flickr is a modulation of intensity or a modulation of brightness. And so maybe, uh, let's say back, what was it in this seventies or eighties when fluorescent bulbs were rolled out into office buildings and, mm. and everywhere, there was this kind of sick building syndrome mm. that everyone was getting headaches and migraines and, uh, and even anxiety and distraction from these fluorescent light bulbs that were just installed and they had high flicker. And so it's invisible, it's invisible to the human eye because it's flickering at 120 Hertz, which is twice the AC from your wall or in Europe, it's a uh, hundred Hertz, but so it's invisible because anything above say, um, 60 or 70 Hertz, it, it, your your brain and your eyes work harder to stitch that light together to make it look like it's continuous. Right. Um, and so that's the problem is your brain and your eyes are working extra hard. And especially if you're doing a task or you're trying to read or you're trying to concentrate, Overwhelmed. that's that's, that's <laughs> a lot of stress on your eyes yeah okay, so the low um,
1: flicker low emf love it okay
2: yeah so low flicker uh, and again i have a huge um blog about that with tons of sources and like i said um i think europe is even um putting more even more stringent regulations that all leds need to be low flicker because they understand the the, the problems right. um so low emf low flicker and then, you know, really just want to look at kind of the size and the practical application of it. So a lot of people get enticed into these full body panels, uh, which is great because you do get full body coverage in a, a pretty cost effective way. Even if you're spending a thousand or two thousand bucks, it's a big upfront investment. But then you can, you know, treat your whole body, you know, pretty routinely. Mm-hmm. Um, so but. Do you really, you know, you know, with the full-body panels, sometimes you got to set them up on a wall or on a door. You got to stand in front of them, um, a, you know, a few inches away, and and kind of wait in front of there to do your dose. And usually, a typical dose is going to be between five minutes to like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to block out, you know, five to twenty minutes a day, or maybe a couple times a week at least to get get some benefits. Um. So that's an important part when you're thinking about buying this. So you got to dedicate some time. How are you going to fit this into your routine? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I've got smaller, lightweight panels, uh, or I just did a blog about strappable kind of LED pads that are really convenient. You can sit down and kind of treat your back, you know, if you're sitting on a couch or on a chair, put it on your back, put it on your legs, put it on your stomach. Um, maybe if you're laying down in bed, you can lay it on yourself. Um, so really think about when and where you wanna do your light therapy and not just kind of saying, Oh, I need something that covers my whole body and then it's really impractical to try to try to use. Yeah, so, what's
1: it gonna look like as a part of your daily routine? Like what are you yeah. really going going to do?
2: Yeah, I think I think that's such a huge, huge part, you know, with compliance of any kind of healing protocol, you gotta think about can you practically kind of fit it into your your lifestyle? Right. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, and then like I said, just yeah. Once you have those those big things covers wavelength, intensity, flicker, EMF, then you're really just deciding on uh, kind of a preference for how much coverage you need. Maybe if you've just got an acute issue, you just need a targeted light. Maybe if you're just doing general wellness, you need something a little bit bigger just to give yourself that that kind of general boost. Um, and you know, that's about it. Look, you know, look for companies that are standing behind their products and transparent with it. And uh, yeah, I'll talk about Gemba Red is, you know, I started it, I started selling in January, 2018. And really I started it out of frustration that the, the companies that were selling these panels, they were really overpriced at the time. They weren't being tr- transparent or honest about intensity and EMFs and Flickr and all the things that I cared about. And, you know, I knew something about, the technology curve of like, the cost of this has has to be coming down. Because, you know, anytime a new technology comes out, it starts out very expensive. And I was waiting for the prices to drop. And they never did. So I was like, well, I need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had some, some experience with working outside, you know, kind of sourcing products and sourcing materials and testing products uh, from my corporate background. And I said, you know, I'm going to try this and and put it out there and and see if people resonate with it. And they certainly did because they said, wow, it's so refreshing. Have an honest company that's doing all the right things. That's just transparent with it. Um, and, and just, you know, trust the customer will, will kind of choose the right thing for themselves. Um, so that was my big thing is, is I really just want to do it right because I wanted a product for myself. And I was like, well, maybe there's people like me that are, Waiting for the right product, so I put that out, and that's kind of been our 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 whole whole thing. You know, is just about transparency. You know, sometimes I review other pro- other companies' lights, not not to try to dog them in any way, but just to give the customer the real info so they can make a, a informed decision. Um, you know, and I think that's that should be you know pretty much standard, but it's it's not. So.
1: Right. And yeah, you have a lot of blogs. Tell me your website names.
2: It's GembaRed.com. .com. Easy. And so Gemba, yeah, Gemba came from a, a lean manufacturing um, ideal of, of the place where value is created. It's a, it's a Japanese term. Um, so I, I wanted to create value for this market.
1: Yeah. And so what kind of, tell us about kind of the variety of different red light products that you have through Gemba Red.
2: Yeah, I probably have, you know, sometimes to my detriment, the biggest variety of, of different products, uh, different shapes and sizes. Um, I usually do uh, three or four wavelengths a lot in a lot of my products where a lot of companies only do two, two wavelengths. And I think just that just helps add to the versatility of, of kind of coverage and treatment options that I usually do four different wavelengths. Um, my, my first panel I launched with what's called the Gemba Red Groove, And that's a one foot by one foot square, super lightweight. It's low EMF. You just lean it right on your skin. You don't have to measure out distances or anything. And you do that for 15 or 20 minutes per session. And it's super simple. Still one of my most popular panels. Uh, The Rex has four wavelengths to it, and it's the same size. So I added a wavelength for that one. That one's really popular. And then I got into a few um, super low EMF products. Uh, Just recently, uh, I call one the Gemba Red Beacon. Um, It's got four wavelengths. It's got a nice metal um, frame and a built-in stand. Sometimes you got to buy your stand separately with some companies. Um, And so it's, you know, it's the full package. It's super low EMF because I've got the power adapter separate from the device. Um, So really, it's, you know, I've I've tried to outdo myself because I'm I'm just kind of competing with myself in this space of trying to be super low emf um so you know they're they're all really great products people always ask me oh andrew what's what's your best product i'm like they're all i think they're all the best that's why i sell them um and then i got into a lot of reading lights and night lights because i were no i was noticing Mm -hmm. my customers were using my panels as night lights and reading lights and i was kind of like well that's you know that's an expensive night light i could just make (laughs) <laughs> I could just make real night lights so I made, you know, I I went into pure red because it's not on the market. Pure red book lights, um some desk lights, uh some sensor lights so when you walk into your bathroom, it automatically turns on so you don't have to look around for the switch at night if you're oh, going cool. to the bathroom at night. Yeah, it just automatically turns on and again it's just with red light so it's not as circadian disrupting as uh, a I mean,
1: turning on the light in the middle of the night in the bathroom is the worst thing
2: ever. (laughs) Yeah, that's like like the start of any horror movie.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. And so could someone, you know, listeners listening right now, could they call you or your customer service or wherever it is and say like, hey, this is what's going on in my particular case. Could you recommend one of your products for that? Or how do they kind of Choose the product that's right for them based off of their particular circumstance and needs
2: yeah, I think you know the good thing is that there's been a lot of um, you know mainstream marketing and mainstream hype about this, and customers are being very well educated about red light therapy and they're seeing it from other companies and they're seeing how it's being used and you can see some of my usage videos on my YouTube video uh, on my YouTube or on Instagram. I show examples of how people are using it or on my Instagram. And so when people email me, I always say the first disclaimer is, you know, I'm not a doctor, I can't promote my products for medical uh, usage. Um, almost all the red light panels on the market are falling under uh, FDA kind of low risk uh, device classification. So we don't need clearance or approval specifically, unless you want to market for a, a, a medical benefit. Right. Um, so it's just for general wellness. So I can only advise kind of general guidance, say, hey, you know, yeah, if you're looking in this direction, I would I would kind of encourage you to move over here. Um, so you can email me, you can find my email and, and uh, phone number right on the website. And usually I respond quite quite quickly. And I, you know, I, I just kind of nudge you in the right direction or I send you some info that that helps you kind of clarify. Because like I said, I've got all these different products. And really it's just a matter of, choosing kind of the shapes and sizes and what's convenient for you.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, Amazing. So we never spoke about this, but maybe, you know, since I'm putting you on the spot right now, we can (laughs) put together a little discount for the community if that was something that you were up for. So people could try some Gambo Red products, um, check out the website and get something for their home.
2: Yeah, yeah. You just uh, let me know what what kind of code you want. Usually, we do a ten percent off code for uh, for your audience. So, um, do let me know what the code name is right now, and we can. Okay. It. Yeah,
1: we can do we can do probably Carly ten, and we'll just put a note in the show notes for this episode that people can yep. use that for their ten percent off. And so you mentioned YouTube and Instagram as well. So we have your Gembo Red website. Are those just? Can we just find you at Gemba Red on YouTube and Instagram as well?
2: Yeah, Yeah. Just at at Gemba Red, uh <laughs> for for YouTube, Facebook. Um, so yeah, I try to be available on on all those different platforms. And if you have questions or, or comments, and you know, it can always inspire new blogs or posts or, or videos. So yeah, always always open to, to that. Cool.
1: Well, I learned a lot in this podcast episode. So that means that there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom here to share out into the community. So thank you so much for sharing all of the information on this topic, which can oftentimes, at least for me, feel confusing. So there's I have a yeah. lot of clarity now. And um, yeah, thank you just like so much for the dedication to the work, to make low flicker, low EMF, to make it affordable for people and kind of to dedicating yourself to this work. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a pleasure.
1: All right. Thanks, Andrew.
2: Thank
0: you you so much for joining me for today's episode. To keep the conversation going, come say hello over on Instagram at at carlyloveskale or visit carlybrownwellness.com. Several times a year, I offer a program called The Daily Detox, which integrates and teaches many of the practices that you are learning in these podcast episodes. To learn more about that program, you can visit my website, carlybrownwellness.com, and I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.